The Big Ten and SEC are forming another alliance, basically. How does it affect Utah? Let's discuss on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcasts. If this is your first time listening to our show, make sure you like and subscribe. Love interacting with all of you on YouTube as well as on X, where you can follow our show at Locked On Utes. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. You can make every moment more. New customers can join today and you get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. My name is JT Wistersow, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. Excited to be joined on today's show by James Peterson of ESPN 700. And James, when talking about the future of the college football playoff, the SEC and Big Ten are, of course, at the forefront of it. I mean, outside of Clemson, no one has won it from any other conference other than those two, basically. It's been those two sides have dominated everything. Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, Georgia, the brands that those are, and they mean they just added Texas, you those school conferences, Texas, Oklahoma, USC, all these other ones going in, like they're going to control the future of it. So, and the commissioners for the first time in a long time are actually a little bit buddy buddy. So you get Greg Sankey and then Petiti as well as the Big Ten guy. They're forming this little like kind of an alliance together. And we saw last time how these kind of things can work out. Like they're never for sure with what happened with the Pac-12, the ACC, and also of course the uh, the Big Ten, what they kind of ended up doing. But with this kind of thing, this one feels different because they are both like A and B and the like one A, one B, and the power structure of things. Like they have the potential to really change the future of the college football sport. So to me, this definitely affects Utah because the implications of Whatever college football, the future, just like the title, all of that will be decided by these two conferences because they hold all the cards. So this is significant news for Utah to me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, anything that anything that the SEC and Big Ten does mm-hmm. for better or worse is going to affect the rest of college football for sure. And uh, this this is no different. Yeah, it's no different at all. And it's just such an interesting world now we live in where the you know the schools have so much power versus it used to be with the nca now and uh what's nice for utah is, is we'll talk about more in the second segment the short-term future utah is sitting in a really strong spot when you look at it like the next like few years that's where i don't really see right now things can always change we didn't think there would be only four power cup power four conferences next year and now here we are but it feels like the next eight years is what should still be the 12 team playoff in the format but even just reading in on the reporting like this like what's nice is i all at least as it stands right now i always envision the winner of the big 12 the one of the four power conferences still will get in but what's interesting is like how are other qualifiers going to work when like years where Obviously, the SEC and Big Ten are going to want to get more members, and it definitely feels like for Utah, like your best bet to continue to get in is going to be winning the college football playoff because we know as well. Like, I do think these committees do a pretty good job. I mean, heck, Mark Harlan is literally on the college football playoff committee, so that's one thing that definitely helps right. Utah. But it does feel like one of those things, too, where like as these things like get more drastic in terms of like all the big brands in the other conferences, like 
more committee members are going to be trying to poke holes into Utah's resume in the future, right? Where it's like, ah, they beat up on a big 12 teams. Like how would they do in an SEC or a big 10 schedule? Like, I, I just feel like that's something that's going to be brought up there where that could potentially be a negative thing for Utah going forward. Yeah, potentially. I, I'd like to think that they're going to have, uh, the committee is going to have a little bit more integrity with that sort of thing to mm-hmm. not just say, Hey, the big 12 champion, the big 12 champion can't be as good as the, the big 10 and sec, but human nature tells you that that's probably going to happen more often than not. And, and same thing for ACC champion, unfortunately it ACC and big 12 are, are probably going to be looked at as the lesser conferences there. Um, they certainly will be in the media You'd hope that they wouldn't be in the committee, but um, that you'd be a fool if you if you think that that wouldn't happen uh, in some years. So, um, yeah, I think that you should probably anticipate some of that. But uh, like you were saying, is if Utah can take care of business every year and win the Big Twelve or get to the Big Twelve championship game, they probably shouldn't have. Um, too much to worry about as far as how the committee sees them in comparison to other Big Ten or SEC teams. And as long as Kyle Whittingham is there, as long as they continue to uh, do what they've done in the transfer portal and uh, continue to improve their um, recruiting classes like they've done the last these last few years while they've been on the, the, these runs to the Pac-12 championship game, winning Pac-12 champions, championships, you, you got to expect them – to at least be in the running to win the Big 12 every year, if not win it every year. So uh, I think as long as they're in that um, conversation, as long as they're in that uh, range of things, uh, Utah fans shouldn't have too much to worry about as far as how they look in the eyes of the committee. Yeah, the interesting thing will be, to your point, if you win your big, the conference, you'll get in, especially because the conversations are more so towards expanding it for those extra spots. So that's where you think it would benefit a Utah. But where I'm very curious is, like, if Utah is a two-loss non-conference champion versus Big Ten and SEC two-loss non-conference champions, that's when those discussions will get really interesting because more than likely, because of the state of the Big 12 is in right now, the SEC or Big Ten team will very likely have better ranked wins. So that's where – and if it's like a three-loss team, like, man, could you imagine if we had the 12-team playoff format this last year? Like, Oklahoma was in at 12, so they would have made it. But right behind them was LSU. LSU's losses were Florida State at full strength, Alabama, and Ole Miss. Like, all three of those teams being playoff teams versus Oklahoma – um, I'm sure there may be an Oklahoma state fan or two randomly watching for some reason, but you never know. Like that was one of their losses, which wasn't a great loss. And then I'm blanking on Oklahoma's other loss. Obviously they had the great win against Texas. Um, they, there was another, another loss in Kansas. There. Hey, wow. Great. Yeah. Great pull. Yeah. It was Kansas. Um, <laughs> like things like, I don't know why, that, I don't know why that's on top of my head. Hey, who is it? <laughs> I'm, I still just can't. I think the reason it wasn't on mine is I still can't get over Kansas being good football school. Uh, as they've yeah. got it, well, I guess they've, hey, they won a national championship a few years ago. So they're both, they're doing a good job with both. I mean, their head coach literally just declined the Washington job. Like, just say that out loud. Like, Kansas football head coach Please. just declined what cr- crazy world we live in. But just staying with this as well, is it just, it is like, that's what will be interesting to see is kind of when things get like, well, hey, even though this SEC team has three losses, like they played a tougher schedule than this team. So that's where I think it's going to get interesting for Utah. But as we said, too, what's nice for Utah as of right now is 
they, as long as they win their conference, they'll be in a good position too. And still, I like to believe the committee will most of the time reward that to that Utah two loss team. Like, I don't worry about Utah being the next Florida state really James, because like, if you get injuries up to that point, like that's where it's, I can like, if it's that bad as the ones they were, I was someone, I understood the committee's decision to not put a Florida state in like that. If the injuries get to a standpoint where it's just, it's, it's that brutal of a thing, but um, it, this is just going to be fascinating to watch and see how it plays out because the SEC and the Big Ten do hold so much of the cards. But like we said, this is where Mark Harlan and all the other commissioners and members of this committee can come in and make it fair and balanced. But this does feel like a long-term thing because I'll throw one last thing at you, James, here. I still feel like eventually I agree with Kyle Whittingham. I think we're heading for super conferences eventually. So I think that's where it's best for Utah to continue to try to win. Cause if we get to that point and I know they have a contract with the big 12 and everything like that, but if there's a chance to join a super conference like that, because they've elevated their brand to that, I just think it's going to be hard to say no to that. Yeah. You'd be crazy not to jump mm -hmm. to a, a higher, a better conference if, and when that yeah. happens. I, I was actually talking about this with our mutual friend uh, Brian Brown on my hey. on my uh, on my show Sports Saturday um, last week about how you would hope that the, this new Big Twelve gets more than three to five years to try to develop these rivalries and develop these yeah. uh, this competition between a lot of schools who or a good number of schools that aren't used to facing each other at this point. Um, and obviously a conference that's kind of in flux. They, they lost their the Big 12, losing their two major powers in, to the SEC in Texas and Oklahoma and, and trying to figure out um, if Utah's the major power, how, how is that going to look for the conference? How do they, how do they uh, market that? They're so used to marketing Texas and Oklahoma, that, those sorts of things. You would hope that they, that they get the benefit the Big 12 gets a benefit enough time to to develop those kinds of things. But to what you just said, Kyle Whittingham's been all over this and so many others have followed suit in saying that you'd be crazy if you if you thought that we're not going to have some more a, a ton more realignment in the near in the near future. And so it definitely behooves Utah to make sure that they're near the top of the conference, if not dominating this conference so yeah. that. By the time that happens again, they get invited to the party, right? That's 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 kind of where we are today. You you don't want to be the last one picked on the playground. You don't want to be the one without the without an invite. And that's kind of that's kind of where we are when when it comes to realignment. If you're not getting um, the super conference invite that that might that might be the case in a few years here, you're probably gonna get left out in the dust. You absolutely are. And, you know, you mentioned Utah dominating the conference. That will, of course, start in 2024, and they have a very favorable schedule. Want to talk about that schedule and how Utah is set up for short-term success in the college football playoffs. So eventually when down the road something might happen, they could be in a position to capitalize on a super conference spot opening up potentially. Want to dive into that thought a little more with you all in one moment. But first, want to talk to you about our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super 
bets. FanDuel is so many ways for you guys to end your season with a dub or two or three, because not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which player will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers can join today and you get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And James, the line for the game right now still sits with the 49ers as a slight favorite, two and a half at the moment. Where you where you're leaning for the Super Bowl? I'm leaning Niners, but I don't Ooh, feel you're leaning crazy Niners. comfortable about that because yeah. we've seen we've seen this entire playoff run that even if they're not exactly living up to the standard that they've set in years past, this Chiefs team this Chiefs team still has that championship DNA to win every game that, that they can play. So I, I'm I'm leaning Niners just because – and I'll, the reason why is because they they basically have the best roster in the NFL, and they sure. have for the last few years. And I just kind of feel like as much as people are saying that Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and their greatness can win out, I'm like, how can you, how can you go against that kind of talent that the Niners have um, but, but yeah, like I said, I, I would not be surprised if, uh, if Mahomes and Andy Reid and that chief's defense, you know, not shock people, but end up pulling out a game that it looks like they probably shouldn't win and, and, <laughs> and winning the Super Bowl champion and winning another Super Bowl. So, uh, so yeah, I, I leaning Niners, but wouldn't be surprised if chiefs pulled out. It's a tough one to predict. I mean, I'm going to roll with the Chiefs simply for the fact that I thought the Ravens were supposed to beat them. I thought the Bills were supposed to beat them. Like, obviously, I didn't think the Dolphins were going to beat them because that was just a bad yeah. matchup. But I thought everyone else was going to like going to beat them, and they found a way. I'm leaning Chiefs right now. So if you guys want to get in at the action, whether it's the game itself or the other bets, make sure you head over to FanDuel today. I would take the Chiefs to cover. James is leading 49ers. Let us know what you guys think below, and visit FanDuel today. James, one thing that Utah has at least going for them as it relates to the future of college football is the immediate future of college football, because we know next year it's 12 team playoff and all Utah has to do to make that 12 team playoff is do what they've done. Two of the last three years. Is that easier said than done? Absolutely. But how can you not look at this schedule and go, man, they're set up for it. I mean, the only game right now they might not be favored in is the game at Oklahoma state. But even I've said before, I don't think that's a great matchup for Oklahoma State when, yes, because Ollie Gordon's a beast. It's a top five rushing defense coming into their house. And, like, I just like to trust Kyle Whittingham in a game of this magnitude. Like, yes, I know Utah has dropped some some games on the road, but, like, they've been to really good quarterbacks, not Bowman. That's a guy who had 15 touchdowns to 14 interceptions last year who lost to South Alabama at home. I'm sorry. I know you guys made the Big 12 championship game. I can't get past that. If you're that level, because yes, like I said, Utah's had some disappointing losses, but they ain't had a, a South Alabama loss to that level. So I, I just still think this schedule sets up so favorably for Utah where we can worry about the long-term future. But as it relates to next year, James, Utah should be in the college football playoff. I think so. Uh, I think as long as they can get past that two-game stretch, the beginning yep. of the Pac-12 season or the Big 12 season, excuse me, I got to get used to saying Big 12. Now. The mm -hmm. beginning of the Big 12 conference season, um, they have Oklahoma State, as you mentioned, in Stillwater to to open uh, Big 12 play, and then the very next week they have Arizona, which it looked like wasn't going to be quite as tough as an opponent as last year with uh, when we heard Jed Fish was leaving for Washington, but 
obviously McMillan and, and Fafita are back. So that that'll probably still be a really tough opponent. If they can, if they can get out of there with just one loss, obviously if they can get out of there undefeated um, the rest of the schedule sets up really nicely. I, I want to give TCU a little bit of benefit of the doubt that they might be, that they might improve next year. But that being said, Utah, Utah's roster and and the and we talked about the Chiefs championship DNA in that in that last ad there for uh, talking about the Super Bowl. Yeah, Utah. This Utah roster has that too. And and you even if TCU is has a nice bounce back year, that one is is at Rice Eccles Stadium, and so you you'd expect Utah to find a way to win that game. But be, beyond that one, I I just beyond those sure. two and maybe the TCU game, I just don't see many challenging games on this schedule obviously the rivalry game can go either way usually goes either way but um that on paper utah has a much stronger roster than than byu you'd you'd expect that to be a win as well at rice eccles stadium so it really is if you can at least split against oklahoma state and arizona which will be which may not be able to but if you can at least split that one then then it should be smooth sailing it to the big 12 championship game at the very least and then we'll see what happens in the uh, in the championship game there but yeah i'm with you it i think it's a very favorable schedule it's really only those first two games that kind of give you pause it is because i mean and also like even saying like just utah is so good at home right like they just what they do to these teams is like ucla like Yes, Dante Moore, there's a reason he's now a backup at Oregon. But, like, man, I mean, to get one touchdown and even the tut- the way that whole drive played out was crazy. Like, the yeah. Arizona State game, like, I know they had injuries at quarterback, but, dang, like, Utah, just what they do to teams at home. And, like, yes, Bo Nix came in and beat them. Two things. One, Bo Nix was a Heisman finalist last year. It's a heck of a quarterback right there. Two, Cam Rising didn't play in that game. So, with Utah's main starting quarterback, they haven't lost at home since 2018. So, that's where it's hard. Like, you mentioned at TCU, that's where it's tough for me to, to get there. I give Arizona more of a chance because I know this type of game you need from your quarterback. And like we said, too, even Utah's road schedule, right? Like, I'm not scared to go to Arizona State or Houston or and no. UCF. Like, it'd be different if it was in August again and we had to do that thing all over again when we saw awful that deep that Utah defense played in the heat. But give me Florida in December, absolutely. The only other game I look at, and when I actually did my schedule last week, like, I needed to find a loss. The one matchup I don't love for Utah, and I know how crazy it would be, James, but I just don't – the one matchup that I know Cam Rising is going to go into and he's not going to be the better quarterback on the field is against Colorado. So the question is, can that slightly improved offensive line – or I hope slightly improved, much improved, that remains to be seen. But Shador – I think Shador Sanders is incredible. I think he's going to be the first pick in the 2025 NFL draft. I think they got legit receivers on the outside. So when I did Utah's schedule, like it's not a game that Utah should lose to me. But last week I did give him the loss there just because I think Shador can have that type of performance. I like the some of the things that Colorado was still building up there. One, I'll say it again. Utah should not lose that game to me, but I just feel like a loss, if it's going to come, is probably going to come on the road. And there's just not a lot of tough road games outside of the Oklahoma State one. So it really is tough to find those losses where if they get to the Big 12 championship game, as we discussed, it it should be really well set up for Utah to make the college football playoff, which would just be – and if they win the Big 12 championship, hosting a game, which is just something that James is so tremendous to think about the possibility of. Oh, yeah. Rice-Eccles Stadium in a playoff game? I mean hmm. – it, it, that'd be incredible, but yeah, I, I think I'd still say even even with what you said, and I, I don't disagree with how Utah is definitely matches up 
really well against Oklahoma State. I'd still say that that's the one that that if you sure. had to pick a loss, that's sure. the one that I would pick. But um, to your point with Colorado, Shador Sanders is is probably he's definitely the he, he's definitely the more spe- he's he's the quarterback that can make a little more spectacular plays than than Cam Rising. I I, I would say that. With what Cam's done in his college career, I, w- I don't know that I would I would go to say yep. that Cam wouldn't be wouldn't be looked at as better than Shador Sanders. Okay. Shador Sanders, okay. I mean, talent wise, I mean, he could he's he's definitely he's definitely got all the tools and and could could really break a game open. We saw we saw last year against TCU, for example, in Arizona he, too. So, he almost did. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I if you're if you're saying that. Because Utah matches up really well against the Oklahoma State um, defense in in that in that in that game there, I would then Colorado might be that game. If I mean the rivalry game could be that game though because of how close that usually is every that's a great year. Great point you made. Yep. I mean it, that's another one though. Like Colorado, you look at the rosters and go, okay, Utah should yeah. win this yes. one. Yeah. No way I would pick against them. But if you had to pick. A loss when you can't really see one on the schedule. Yeah, I mean, usually this the surprising losses usually come against your biggest rival, and and we've seen how close that game is throughout in, in recent years. Even in even when Utah was was winning 10, 11, 12 straight. So uh, yeah. so that that might be one to pick if you're if you're saying that they get past Arizona and Oklahoma State unscathed. Um, yeah, I I might go with I might go with. Colorado or uh, or BYU, but I'm with you. Even though even though maybe you're predicting it just because you have to pick a loss there when it comes down to it yeah. that week, you're like I don't know if I don't know if Utah's going to stumble right. against that team. But but uh, it's like it's like the my boss at ESPN 700 always says, Bill Riley, you can't predict an undefeated season. Right? You can't. It, you have to you have right. to anticipate that there's one slip up against a team that maybe you should have beaten or um, or maybe you underestimate a really good team like Arizona or Oklahoma State and you overestimate Utah's ability against a really good team like that. So I I, I don't know that I'm I kind of lean that way too with Bill Riley that you can't predict an undefeated season, but uh, it's hard to find losses on this schedule because it does outside of those first two games, they really don't have it does it doesn't really look like they have an opponent that's anywhere near um, as good as them. It's true. I mean, ever I'm pretty confident every single game going into the week of it when I do this these show previews come the fall, I'm gonna pick Utah to win. That like the week of that game, I'll say I think Utah's gonna win here. I think Utah's gonna win here. But like we said, you can't predict it on a defeated season, especially when Utah hasn't gone undefeated. This weird things happen in college football. That's how it works. So it's going to be fascinating to see how Utah handles this schedule. And one thing I'm excited, speaking of schedules, to see how the Utah women's basketball team handles the upcoming difficult challenge that they have with a, a top-ranked Oregon State team coming to town. Want to dive into that matchup and talk about what to expect from the Utah women's basketball team in that game in one moment. But first, want to talk to you a little bit about one of our sponsors of today's episode of Locked on Utes, our friends at UCCU. Learner and the UCCU mobile banking app that pays your entire family to learn about 
about money. Kids look to parents to become more financially literate. Parents don't always know the answers. Learn and Earn breaks down financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games like quizzes and trivia. Every time a family member completes a topic, they earn points that can occur and can be redeemed for gift cards to stores like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and more. There is age-appropriate content for every member of the family who can compete against each other and track their progress on leaderboards. Learn and Earn is inside the UCCU mobile banking app, so play it anytime, anywhere. The more you play, the more you learn. And the more you learn, the more you earn. Learn and Earn, part of UCCU's award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking Program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together. UCCU, love where you bank. All right, James, talk about the Utah Women's basketball team. They suffered a tough loss recently to Oregon State. They dropped that one 91-66. to That was one where Utah just could not get it going. They only scored a combined 23 points in the second and third quarter, and while they had a big fourth quarter where they scored 24, I mean, you still lose 91 to 66. So the game was really out of reach. They did a good job on Alyssa Peely. She was 13 to 28 from the field overall. And it was just one, one of those disappointing road ones. But I will say, there's a reason Oregon State was ranked in that one. And they're still currently ranked as a top 17 team. So it's going to be a big test for Utah. It's one they're going to need a lot from. Alyssa Peely, their star, Jenna Johnson, stepping up too. But this is a team that, even though they've lost Gianna Neepkin, they have multiple players who are capable of getting it done. I'm excited to see how this one plays out, but I do like the Utes to find a way to get a home win because they've been pretty strong at home on the season. I know they had the stumble against Stanford, but that that's a good Stanford team as well too. Yeah. Like I just feel like this team is you kind of figured some things out as of recently and I'm going to roll with one of the best players in women's college basketball, Alyssa Peely. Yeah. Um I I think that they bounce back and and get a win. This is a good Oregon State team though. Yeah. Reagan Reagan Beers their their uh their big is a load inside. Mm-hmm. She's kind of their Alyssa Peely if you will. Yeah. Uh, it's a good matchup. And that should be a really good star matchup there. They also have uh former U Kelsey Reese who is all of a sudden a three-point right. sharpshooter. I uh, I mean she's shooting over 40% from from three. So anyway, it, it's a it's a tough team. They put 91 on them um, in Corvallis, but as you said, this uh, this Utah team is tough to beat at the Huntsman Center. So I expect a bounce back win. It, it'll probably it'll probably be a close one because Oregon State is that good. But I expect a bounce back win uh, for the for Utah coming up on Friday. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see how it plays out. And James, we greatly appreciate you coming on and joining us here. People want more Utah sports talk, especially on their Saturdays, as you mentioned. Where should they head over to? Uh, ESPN 700, uh, which, you know, if you're in Salt Lake City, uh, 700 AM, 92.1 FM, our new FM signal. Also, uh, if you're outside of the market, download the ESPN 700 app, um, your preferred app store, and you can listen live that way or to the podcast. Awesome. Well, James, thanks again for joining us. Yeah, thank you. That's going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Utes. Hope you all have a fantastic Super Bowl weekend. Let us know your game predictions below, and we look forward to talking all things Utah athletics with you next week. We'll see you then.